Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Lisa Suzanne. Yes, we do. And it was a great, great interview. Lisa's a friend. Uh, I know her because she's a romance author and we were in an author group together. And then I've met her a couple of times at Romance Author Mastermind. And it was just such a fun interview. She um, has, she switched. She wrote romance, rock stars for a while, and then she switched back in 2020 to uh, sports romance. And it's just been so successful for her. And I can't wait for you guys to hear how she did all that. So, yeah. And we talked about release schedules and mm-hmm. um, writing cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. says her, her reader group calls her the queen of cliffhangers, which, yeah. you know, it's always good to keep readers wanting yep. more. So yeah, we exactly. picked your brain about that. So it was really good. Really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it was. It was great. Yeah, so, so what's been going on with so you? That, um, I have been admin this week. I have a huge long list and I'm marking things off. And so that feels kind of good to get stuff mm-hmm. done. Yeah. The other interesting thing that happened to me this week was that um, a reader let me know that my audiobooks were up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like somebody else had just uploaded my six, seven hour audiobooks. So, but there is a takedown form and I did that and they got them taken down um, overnight, basically. That's good. So That's great. if you have audiobooks, you might want to just do a quick mm-hmm. Google search and see if they come up on YouTube. <laughs> so right. Right. that was uh, not fun, but that's mm-hmm. taken care of. Um, yeah. So just doing a lot of um, admin and kind of taking a break from like the mental work of plotting and mm-hmm. writing. I finished mm-hmm. the draft and I've set right. it aside for like a week or two. Right. And I'm working on just, you know, the things that have to be done, like, mm-hmm. you know, accounting and yes. fun things like that. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, Those fun know, things. It's yeah. the beginning of the month. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, working on some things and, um, we went to my daughter's over the weekend because it was my granddaughter's ninth birthday party. And my daughter, as I said, is the party queen. In fact, she launched her party uh, business this week and right after the party on Saturday. And so that's been fun and kind of exciting. And uh, yeah, so we've just been doing grandkid things and, you know, it was a wild and woolly weekend for sure. So Anyway, we're just back at the normal stuff now. So yeah, that's it. I'm pretty boring this week. Nothing yeah. much to report. Yeah. No update on your secret project. No update yet. No. Okay. <laughs> you keep us posted though. I'm keeping it close to the vest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but yeah, so just sent out an email yesterday, just kind of, being kind of real with my audience, you know, things going on with my sister and stuff. Um, And the response has just been overwhelming. I am very humbled and kind of blown away by how many people genuinely care and Mm -hmm. care about me. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so I guess this is just a encouragement to your, because that is not my normal content. Like the content for my newsletter is funny and light. Mm-hmm. And, but I just felt like I should report it because it is affecting some things as far mm-hmm. as production and, you know, yeah. releases and stuff. But um, people just really, they just really were great. And um, it's probably been the most feedback I've gotten from an email since I started sending emails. So, Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, like I've got a, I couldn't return all of them. I'm having to do it in little waves because Mm -hmm. there's so many. So, anyway, just encouragement. Be yourself. Be real. People. Yeah. Your readers and that is heartwarming because, yeah. you know, we do want to connect with our readers and that's mm-hmm. obviously something you've done that, mm-hmm. that, you know, if you share something like that and mm-hmm. you get that many replies, then obviously. Yeah. And just the number of stories of people that, you know, been in the same situation mm-hmm. and had a great outcome. Some didn't mm-hmm. have a great outcome, but I mean, just so, you know, I mean, it kind of helped me know, like, I'm not alone in this. Like this yeah. really is you know, everybody's having to deal with this. And so, you know, in one way or another. So it was great. It was good. So I encourage Mm -hmm. everybody just be real with your audience and, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as is appropriate, but, you know, (laughs) yeah, that's my advice anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, good. All right. Well, we should get on to the interview. Yep. Let's do that because it's great. All right. Here's Lisa. Well, today we are super excited to talk to Lisa Suzanne. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We are great. And we are happy you're here. I've been wanting to talk to you uh, for a while now. So, Well, thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, well, let me read your bio and we'll jump right into the questions. Okay. Lisa Suzanne is a romance author who resides in Arizona with her husband and two kids. She's a former high school English teacher and college composition instructor. When she's not chasing her kids, she can be found working on her latest book or watching reruns of Friends. (laughs) (laughs) And you said you just went to the Friends experience this past weekend. Yes. Uh, So you're a true fan. (laughs) I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us how you got into writing. Okay, so I have probably written my whole life. I um, I remember being a kid and just writing down stories on notebook paper. And then um, when I was in high school, I took a great creative writing class and um, just really enjoyed being in that different worlds and making up stories. And then mm-hmm. in college, I kind of graduated to like yellow legal pads where <laughs> would, after class, I would write my stories on yellow legal pads. And I still have some of those original oh, wow. stories. Yeah. And one of them, I actually um, typed up and turned it into the 14th book I published. So, oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So that was just one of those stories. Like when I was a teacher, I would come home from school and I would get to my computer and type and add to it instead of you know, watching TV or whatever, when you get home from work, I would write my stories. So, um, and then it just evolved from there. That's amazing. That's so great. I love that. (laughs) Thanks. Well, what is your definition of success? We like to ask everybody that. Um, I, well, and I saw this question on the, you know, 
I was talking to my husband about it. It's, it's kind of tough to define what that is because for me, it's sort of ever evolving. And I think that for me, the definition of success is reaching a goal. And so my goals have changed throughout this career. I've been publishing since May of 2013. So I've been doing this a long time. I just published my 45th book um, wow. days ago. So, um, it's, it's reaching those goals. So it started out with publish a book, right. And mm-hmm. reach that goal. And then it was, um, sell a copy of the book. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and then for a long, long time, it was to hit the top hundred. Um, right. that was my big goal was to hit the Amazon top hundred and it didn't happen until I released my 30th book last year. And then since then I've now hit it 10 times, 10 different mm-hmm. books over the last 13 months. Um, so that to me felt like a huge success. <laughs> and then right. now it's kind of like the number of sales and page reads. Um, our new kind of goal that we're reaching toward is um, for my husband to be able to stop working and work for me full time. And so we're kind of on track to make that happen. So just reaching those goals is success yeah. to me. Yeah. And I do think it does change over time. Like, if you, I think it's more realistic to have a goal to finish the book and get it published instead of to, to hit the top 100, you know? Right. right. <laughs> like yeah. That. So yeah, it does make sense that it would stair step. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started? Uh, probably that writing is really only about 20% of what I do as right. a full-time author, right. uh, maybe even less than that. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Um, so <laughs> if, if you're taking this from a hobby to a business, um, yes. it's not about writing all the time. There's a lot mm-hmm. more that goes into it. So I think that's something, I don't know that I wish I would have known it because I learned it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of something I didn't know when it was mm-hmm. a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a couple other ones that I came up with too, is one is that um, cliffhangers sell books. And so <laughs> I didn't know, like I, my first book was a standalone and um, I'll talk about that probably later with some of the questions that we're going to get to. But, um, you know, I didn't know that if you write a cliffhanger, people want to know what happens. And then another one too is uh, plotting versus pantsing. So mm-hmm. If I don't know how familiar everyone is with those terms, but if you're a pantser, you kind of write by the seat of your pants. And that's how I started out. Um, and it would take a lot longer to write books. Mm-hmm. So then I started kind of jotting down my ideas and it mm-hmm. went a little bit faster. Then I started doing more formal plotting. Mm-hmm. Um, then it went a lot faster. So I can get a lot more writing in uh, mm-hmm. when I plot versus when I write by the seat of my pants. And there's still some of that pantsing going on as I'm writing and sure. characters do things and you change direction. But mm-hmm. um, I didn't know that when I first started out that <laughs> yeah. I was a high school teacher, right? For 14 years. So yeah. that's what I taught my students. You need to plot, right? <laughs> um, oh. I wasn't doing it myself. So right. yeah, so yeah. that would be a big one. That's yeah. great. So how did you figure out your plotting system? I did. Mine's um, just kind of works for me. I, I use the, um, oh gosh, no, I'm not going to be able to think of it. The, the, it's a um, romancing the beat. Yeah. We just <laughs> talked about that. Yeah. Romancing the beat. So <laughs> I read that and this was really just, I think two years ago, I read it, but it kind of revolutionized how I plot. And I made as 
a teacher, right? I made my own worksheet based mm-hmm. on that book where I have, you know, I can print it out and fill in each section of what I need to have. So that's sort of where I start so I can get my idea polished. And then I go to my document and um, I sort of do like just chapter headings. I, I write in word. And so I do each chapter and I write like a sentence or two about what I'm going to write in that chapter. And then I go through kind of my entire beat sheet and hit everything that I want to hit. And then changes, like I said, as I go along. Um, but I like having those chapters listed out. It really helps direct yeah. me. And then once I have that direction, I can, I mean, I can knock a book out in a month or less. Yeah. Um, not a series that takes a little bit longer, (laughs) but you know, a a standalone I could do. Mm -hmm. um, Wow. And so you, you, so you just in your word document, you go through chapter one and then you'll have like a little sentence or Mm -hmm. a small paragraph about what you want to do. Oh, that's so smart. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And I kind of do all the chapters through the whole book Mm -hmm. and I end up adding a bunch as I go along. Um, Yeah. But just to have, make sure I'm hitting all the beats that I want to hit. And that kind of outlines the whole thing for me that way. That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. And I found too, like if I take, like if I, I usually kind of have the big idea of what's going on, but then like, as I'm writing, I'll finish what I'm writing that day and then I'll put down, okay, the next day I need to hit these two things and make sure that they're included, these two conversations or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that makes it so much easier when it's not a blank page, when it's like, oh yeah, that's what we're doing. That always helps me just to have a little something on the page. (laughs) Kind of where you're going to pick up too. It helps start, get you started. Start the day. Yeah. 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 Well, what about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) This is what everybody says. Yes. Everything. I mean, it is a full-time job in itself. Absolutely. Um, And I think beyond that, because that's probably the standard answer for that, but um, that genre is a part of marketing and that's what's mm-hmm. going to sell your book. I know for me personally, I started out um, and I, you hear a lot about staying in your lane as an mm-hmm. author. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I like that, but at the same time, if you're in a lane, that's not working for you, I think it's important to switch your lanes mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we hear that enough that if your lane's yeah. not working out, you know, mm-hmm. mer- merge to another <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so for me, I kind of, what I thought was my breakout was rock star. And so like I wrote a bunch of rock star books. I loved writing in that world and I still do. Um, but then I tried my first sports romance and it is such a bigger pool of mm-hmm. readers than rock star. Um, mm-hmm. Huge, huge pool. Like it's literally a pond versus an ocean. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, so it, that made a huge difference for me is just your genre. And then the other thing that I think I wish I would have known about marketing is how important tropes are. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that when I first started publishing and I just wrote what I wanted to. Yeah. And now I kind of have those tropes in mind. And mm-hmm. really the more tropes you can pack in, like, I know. the more you're going to you know, hit what different readers like. Right. Too. Yeah. That's why I've said that. I really think that's why my first book did as well as it did because it had almost every trope known to man in that book <laughs> I didn't I just was it was just an homage to you know romantic comedy I was just yeah. like oh I've heard this and I've heard I like these things put them all but in it, yeah exactly but it really kind of worked in my favor because yeah. people found a little bit of everything that they like so yeah absolutely works. yeah and that's yeah. kind of the same as um home game which is my first sports romance I mm-hmm. published um, same thing. I've packed like every trope I could think of into that series yeah, and yeah. it took off. So yeah, that's really <laughs> great. We're going to talk about that later. Um, <laughs> so what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career and looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? 
<laughs> that nobody would read my books. <laughs> um, and no, it didn't turn out to be true. I've had people read them, um, yes. but I did. So my first, like, I think, I think I was published for six months before I told anybody aside from my husband wow. that I published a book. Oh, well. And because I was a teacher, my Lisa Suzanne is my real first and middle name, but I had a mm-hmm. different last name and I taught high school. So I didn't want my students stumbling upon my steamy books mm-hmm. on Amazon. <laughs> um, so I didn't tell anybody for a while. And then I started telling, you know, I told my parents, I'm very close to them. Mm -hmm. So it was like this weird secret that Mm -hmm. (laughs) nobody knew. And even them, I didn't tell my pen name for a little while, but then now I have my dad, my, both my parents have read some of my books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cool. That's fun. Um, fun. But, you know, I think what's kind of interesting, like that my assumption was nobody would read my books and, um, a lot of family and friends don't read my books. And, you know, it's kind of funny. My husband's always like, well, you know, how come they're not reading or whatever? And it's like, they're not my audience and that's okay. You know, maybe they don't read steam your romance books and that's fine. Maybe they don't care about rock stars. That's okay. Mm -hmm. You know? And so it's, I don't get offended by that in any way, but, but at the same time, it's that part of that assumption did kind of turn out to be true that, Mm -hmm. you know, the people that you would think you want supporting you, they do support me in other ways. They just don't read my books. Right. And a lot, I found that a lot of people don't like my, the girl that I um, started writing the book for, you know, years ago, it was going to be her birthday. I was going to write her a book for her birthday. That's how this whole thing started. And when I finished it, I dedicated it to her. And I said, it's several years later, but happy birthday. <laughs> but she called me and she said, it's so good. And I'm so glad because I was really nervous. Yeah. <laughs> it was not going to be, and I was going to have to pretend and I didn't want to have to. <laughs> and I think people, that's a real fear for people. Yeah. People that care about you. They don't want to. Right. You know, they don't want to say anything bad about your books, right. you know, and stuff. And yeah. if they don't read them, they don't have yeah. to. They don't have yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. They can just assume they're wonderful. So yes. that's, that's a better way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we like to talk about um, mistakes and lessons learned. So um, one of the things we like to ask is, have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? Uh, that's tough. And um, I would say my, probably my, the one that came to mind is when I wrote my first book and somebody read it and was like, Oh, I really like this. And I want to know more about this side character. And I was like, okay, I'll write two more books in this series. (laughs) And then, you know, then it became this chore to to have to write these books. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause that, you know, but at the same time, I kind of feel like it turned out to be a good thing because it kept me writing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you first publish, it's the scary thing and you don't, it it helped me that nobody knew, like it was just the secret Mm -hmm. thing I did, you know? Um, But then once people started getting interested in what I was doing um, and I made that promise, I was like, okay, now I got to do this. Mm -hmm. And so, which is kind of funny because those (laughs) first three books are now unpublished. And actually my first six books are unpublished. Um, And you can, they're behind me, but the, um, (laughs) they, I love those books. I love the stories, but I don't feel like they represent how I write now, you know, with, like I said, I have 45 books out now. So the first six aren't as representative of the Lisa Suzanne brand as the more Mm -hmm. recent stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's better not to, I mean, if, if you already have 45 books, it's maybe better to not confuse the reader because you know sure. that choice overwhelm where you're like, yes. ah, and if it's like, well, do I start with this series or this or, right. you know, Absolutely. I can see why that might be a good idea. Yeah. It's, and it's funny that you mentioned that because just the other day um, there was uh 
at my daughter's preschool, I went up to the front desk and the the woman there was like a substitute for the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just got to talking for a minute and I told her what I do. And she's like, Oh, I love reading romance books. And so of course I'm like pimping myself out. If we're not going to, nobody else will. That's right. You're right. (laughs) And so, you know, I said, or she's like, Oh, you're published on Amazon. I said, yeah, I have 45 books out. And she's like, Oh, wow. You know? And I wrote my name down for her and I left and I thought, I didn't tell her where to start. Like she's going to get to my Amazon page and be like, what do I do? There's a lot there. So having those six not on there is probably a good thing. Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, uh, what about the opposite? Have you ever had something you thought was a great idea and turned out not to be? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, That's tough. I, you know, I've, I've made like silly mistakes, like, uh, when in advertising, like I put too much money in yeah. an ad or, you know, yeah. left it. I, there, actually, this happened one time. Um, I had an ad accelerated. I don't know if you've ever done those oh, yes, on Facebook. Nice. Yeah. And then it resets at midnight. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I would always have a reminder in my phone, like, you know, reset your ad at whatever mm-hmm. 10 o'clock PM. And then, um, cause you started out slow and then add money throughout the mm-hmm. day. Right. Uh, well, I forgot to do that. And so, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but the good thing about that, I guess this is another mistake that turned out to be a good thing was that um, it really helped my rank when I did yeah. that because yeah. it, it shot it up that yeah. day. So that was kind of a silly one, but it's like, okay, let's yeah. not waste money here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, we are managing a lot of different things. Yes. So it's easy for some of that stuff to slip through. So. Right, right. right. Yeah. What's been the biggest mindset change you've had to make during your career? I would probably say just shifting from a hobby to a business. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when that happened. Um, (laughs) I I guess like I started advertising um, with my seventh book. So that was May of 2015 was the first book I advertised. And so I'd say it was probably around that time because then now you're putting money into something every single day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that feels like a business versus just something I'm doing for fun. Um, but I would say that was probably the biggest shift was this, this is more than a hobby. Like this is a career now. And I've been doing this full time since 2016, which it was kind of the perfect storm that allowed me to do it full time. Mm-hmm. My, um, I was pregnant with my first child and I had been teaching in Arizona for 10 years. So I was vested in retirement and, we said, let's give it a try. Like, let's mm-hmm. stay home with the baby instead of paying for daycare mm-hmm. and do this full time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my <laughs> mistake there was I didn't know you can't do anything full time when you're staying home. <laughs> when you so, have a baby. Yeah. That's yeah. a real optimistic yeah. plan, right? I know, right? <laughs> New mom. I didn't know any better. <laughs> what I and, wish I'd known. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah the parenthood sure. edition. Yes. <laughs> right. I need, I need help with that. And now, so now he's six and my little ones too. And so now it's like, okay, well I get up at five 30 so I can work in the morning before they get up and find these little pockets of time throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because this is my career now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it was a hobby then, cause I hear that a lot too, that, Oh, I really want to write a book. I just don't have the time, you know? And it's like, well, if you really want to write one, you make the time like yeah. this is, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's kind of the best thing about this career is it still is my hobby. I mm-hmm. love writing. I love everything about this career except for editing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even like marketing is, yeah. is fun for me to try to yeah. figure out, you know, or make the make ads or whatever, like mm-hmm. all that, all the pieces of this are, 
it's, I, I feel like I finally found my calling. I enjoyed okay. teaching, but it was always like, what else could I be doing? You right. know, and with this, right. I've never felt that way. This is it. Like I, people talk yeah. about retirement. It's like, uh, when's the next book? You know, when yeah, can I yeah. start writing? Exactly. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. a great attitude then. So I don't know if this is a mindset shift, but um, during COVID, you changed the way you did things a little mm-hmm. bit. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So this actually stems back to Romance Author Mastermind in mm-hmm. 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I had written, well, I was planning to switch into sports romance. I had written this series. Um, and when I write a series, I write it all in one document. Mm-hmm. So this, I don't know why that's just <laughs> always been my method. And after promising for, with that first book that I was mm-hmm. going to write more in the series, I don't release now until I have the whole series complete, unless they're standalones, that's a little mm-hmm. different, but mm-hmm. if it's cliffhangers, I'm writing the whole thing before I even pick a release date. Mm-hmm. So, um, this was probably December, November, December, mm-hmm. 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I had heard someone talk about, you could write shorter books and publish more often. Mm -hmm. So I had this 200,000 word document that I was going to split into three books. And I thought, what if I split it into five books instead? Mm -hmm. What if I try something different? Mm -hmm. Um, There's still technically full length novels Mm because 40,000, right. Is what they say is it's full length novels. So I decided to try it and I um, kind of edited so that I could have cliffhangers at five different points instead of, and I, I really like end every chapter with a little mini cliffhanger mm-hmm. to keep you reading, you know, yeah, me too. Um, yeah. but then the bigger ones at those point five point or four points, cause the last one doesn't have one. Um, and that was it. So I said, let's experiment with this. Let's just try it out. And at the time I had thought, like, does Lisa Suzanne, the name have something wrong? Like, is there something wrong? Like it felt like I had been doing this for so long. I had published 29 books and it's like, are people burnt out on Lisa Suzanne? Do I need to try this under a pen name or try wide or try something different? And I thought, no, let's stick with Lisa Suzanne. Let's try this, um, shorter books with a rapid release schedule and just see what happens in this new genre that I hadn't Mm -hmm. tried before. And that first book just, crazy like it took off mm-hmm. and so like I I'm so I'm still amazed like I'm so grateful that people read it and enjoyed mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. wanted the next book and mm-hmm. so that was kind of my strategy I did um, a 99 cent release on book one but my strategy is really more about Kindle Unlimited um, mm-hmm. because they're binge readers in Kindle mm-hmm. Unlimited so mm-hmm. because I've, I'm all KU anyway yeah so, uh 99 cents on book one. And then I simultaneously released book two on the same day to really get people interested in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two weeks later, book three, two weeks later, book four, two weeks later, book five. And that right. first series book five um, got all the way down to number six in the Kindle mm-hmm. store. Wow. So that was incredible. <laughs> and didn't you have multiple books in the top 100? I had, yes. So book one stayed in the top hundred for 28 days Mm -hmm. and it hit. So I released it March 4th. It hit March 10th. So it Mm -hmm. was like six days after release it hit. And then it stayed there for 28 days. And then book two didn't, um, never hit the top hundred, but then three, four and five all did. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's great. And then what are the prices on two, three, four and five? $2.99. $2.99. And are you doing that because they're 50,000 words or just because you're in KU? So it doesn't really more of that. I mean, kind of a combination of both. Um, I figured with the shorter, I actually, at the time I had all of my books mm-hmm. at two ninety nine. dollars mm-hmm. um, even the longer I have one that's 115,000 words mm-hmm. and I just had everything at two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And 
mostly because my um 80 percent of my royalties come from kindle unlimited mm-hmm. so it just the price of a full length i was you know if i could reach more readers with a little bit lower price i did raise the ones that are longer up to 399 now okay and then sports romance i mean is it like why did you pick sports romance just I like watching football. I've always enjoyed Like I come (laughs) from a football family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like I remember (laughs) we do a weekly football pool in my family. And I remember I was probably like four or five, like old enough to hold a pen circling the teams Mm -hmm. and putting, Mm -hmm. you know, I was from Chicago. So I'd always put a thousand points on the bears, even though there's 16 teams. (laughs) (laughs) Like I remember that. And that's, you know, just the, the idea of football always appealed to me. So that's how I picked sports. I thought it'd be fun to try. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, do you think the, like having the books all come out really quickly, you just tapped into that binge reading and that's why people were just, do you think that helped boost that series? Just- yes, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think especially Kindle Unlimited readers want that next book right away. And mm-hmm. we are in such a binging society right now with Netflix shows mm-hmm. and everything, you know, mm-hmm. like everyone, all you hear is, Oh, I binge this show or whatever. Mm-hmm. I binge this series. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, um, why not, you know, why not try it with books? See what happens. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then, and now you've gone on to write two more series. Yes. And, and they're connected, right? They are. So the second series is um, about the first series, like their brothers, mm-hmm. uh, the two football players. And then the third series is just another teammate. And now I'm going to start a fourth series for another teammate too. That's great. That's great. So they are, they are the same couples throughout all five books. Yes. Oh, yep. wow. That's great. Yeah. Same couple. And then the new series will be a different couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really smart too, though, because that just keeps people involved. It keeps people coming back for more. Um, and they're all branded really closely and very nicely. Oh, thank um, you. Can you tell us like what what went into that for you? So the one thing I knew I really wanted was a logo. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of, it's, I picked Vegas just because I love Vegas. And mm-hmm. I thought if I got to do book research, okay. I can right, 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 right. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> well, You're willing to go there to research <laughs> yeah, okay. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so then I, I thought of like a spade, you know, cause it's like mm-hmm. eight, the Vegas aces. Um, and <clears throat> I thought if you kind of look at a spade too, it kind of looks like a heart upside down. And so you can mm-hmm. flip it and then make it into a heart. And then I also thought make one side of it into a football. Cause it's kind of got that shape. And so I brought this idea to my cover designer, which I think Jamie, you use her too, Najla. Yeah. Um, so I, mean, I listened to your podcast yeah. with yeah. her too. She's amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. Her. Yeah. I'm actually booked every other month from, from now until for eternity. That's why she's so hard to get into. She's like, do you need to cancel your appointment this month? I'm like, no, I actually have no. a project for you. Yeah. Believe it or not. No. <laughs> um, so I knew I wanted that logo. And so she made that happen. And it's kind of, it's awesome because now it's on all the books and, you know, I have stickers and I put it on all of my postcards and everything. Like it's just on everything that I do now. It has that little logo with Vegas aces. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was part of it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, a lot of what the branding in it was kind of my conversations with her. Um, and -hmm. for the first series, we went with green, even though the team colors are black and red. Um, Mm -hmm. but I wanted like a fieldy kind of feel to it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted you to 
really know this is a football romance. And so I actually had talked to several different photographers about finding a cover picture for it. And I mean, for five covers, it was Mm going to be very pricey. And Mm -hmm. so, um, Najla was like, you know what, we can, uh, just cropping a football on these Mm -hmm. pictures. And Mm -hmm. so she showed me some different guys in stock and the first book, uh, the first series is the guy you see on every teaser and every cover, you know, Mm -hmm. like, but you can't tell it's him because Mm -hmm. his face is cropped out. And second series is the next guy that you see Mm -hmm. on everything. (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. And then, so the second series, we just went with the same logo and then we picked, um, a different color. So I decided to do the team colors that time Mm -hmm. because I liked the black and red. Mm -hmm. And then the third series, it was like, I don't know what's like, popular and sports mm-hmm. romance right now. So we kind of looked through, we saw a lot of yellow and gold and I was like, mm-hmm. let's go with that. It's, I mm-hmm. love that. So, yeah. So now everyone's trying to guess what the fourth one's going to be. Yeah. I don't know yet. Like, we're not <laughs> I don't know, but it won't be blue. I always say no. that because my rock stars are all branded with some blue right. somewhere on the cover. So, right. But what blue. I love though, is even though your rock stars are branded differently, you can tell it's still a Lisa Suzanne book. I mean, okay. I, I feel that way, I, maybe because I know you, but, but I do see that. And I think that's so smart and that's uh, good. Thank you. yeah. And branding is so important. I mean, especially yeah, I for something for a new subgenre that you're heading into, that mm-hmm. is just so smart. So you write all of these and then you, you bank them and then you release them all at once. Well, yes. not all at once, but over. Yeah. Yeah. A number of yeah. So before when I was doing more standalones, um, I would do probably release three every three to four months um, Mm -hmm. in a year. And now I do I'm trying to do uh, March, April, I'll do one series and then do maybe a standalone over the summer um, and then do September, October for my second series of the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I do my I put my pre order out to December to give me some extra time. But Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to have a pre order set up for the next series to Mm -hmm. get grab those pre-orders when you can at the end of the first series. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I put it out to December just to give myself that bumper time because you never know what's going to happen. Like I have a kid in kindergarten, I have a (laughs) two-year-old, you know, like, and when, when I was writing the series, I just released, I started it when my son was in kindergarten and I struggled. Like it was really difficult this year to find a new schedule for myself because it's like, suddenly he's gone all day and I wasn't, you think you have all this time, but no, now I'm doing drop-off. I'm doing pickup. And now I have a two-year-old too, who's not at school full time, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's not napping anymore. So now it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I lost my two to three hours in the afternoon Mm -hmm. of work time. So, you know, it was difficult finding my routine um, for this one. Yeah. It's like, you have to rejuggle your schedule every couple of years because things are constantly changing. Sure. Yeah. 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 So I have a couple of questions about, um, going back to your release schedule. Mm-hmm. So you have like, um, so you have your almost rapid release where you have your books come out really quickly. And then you have a time when you're banking books. So how did your readers react? Um, were they expecting more books quickly or, you know, did they know that there was going to be a pause? How did they handle it? Or how did you handle that? Um, just in terms of like the, so when the first series came out, I did the same thing with the second series and I hadn't, I actually started writing it as it was the first series was releasing. I started Mm -hmm. writing the second series and I put it for a December, um, release because I knew I could get it done in that amount of time. Um, Mm -hmm. and that wasn't a problem. Um, and then I moved it up to September and really nobody 
said anything. Nobody was like, you're not releasing more books faster. Um, The only thing is I have a rockstar series that is, I've written the books for two of the band members and they're all waiting on the third (laughs) and the football. um, The one I just released was just yelling at me to write. And Mm. I've never like just put aside a project. I just, I'm very like, I got to finish this before I can move on to the next thing. But it was like at the point where I, I couldn't get into this rock star one because I was so like, just wanted to get back to football. And so that was really tough too. And so when I finally made the decision to set that aside, because I had originally said I was releasing that one in December of last year. And I was like, this, this isn't going to happen. Like I can't make this work. And so when I set that aside, then the football one just poured out of me. Like it really helped getting back into that. And now that I released this football one, I was working on um, the Rockstar one. So I went back to it mm. and don't tell anyone, right? But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's done. I finished it. Oh, so. wow. That's amazing. I, I haven't like told my readers yet. And I'm actually going to mm-hmm. announce it in my newsletter going out tomorrow that it's coming this summer. Mm-hmm. So I haven't picked a release That's date. It's with, with my editors and stuff now. So mm. yeah, but so I'm going to do a standalone this summer, which is fun. And then uh, mm-hmm. get back to my football players. Awesome. That's great. That's great. So uh, can you give us tips for writing cliffhangers for those of us who haven't written them (laughs) or those of us who have that, and it hasn't gone as well as we'd hoped, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Gosh, it's so funny. Like some of my um, arc team calls me the queen of cliffhangers and it's like, <laughs> so it's cute. I like it. <laughs> um, but I don't know, like it's, it's tough coming up with them. And so I kind of look at it as um, like, what would make me want to grab yeah. the next book? Like yeah. what's going to make me stop what I'm doing. And when I talk with my editor about it, I call them Kindle throwers. So mm-hmm. what is going to make someone throw their Kindle because they got to have that next book right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think about that as I'm kind of crafting the story and like, what, what problems can I introduce earlier on? So it's not just like they pop up and then it's resolved right away. And Mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes that's how it lands. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's okay, but that's not as strong as a, of a cliffhanger as some of the other ones. And so um, another thing that I've done is make a list of cliffhangers from TV shows I watch. And so (laughs) I did this with friends, actually, (laughs) slight obsession. Um, But I made a list of each end of the season cliffhanger and Mm -hmm. like, kind of think about when you're looking for inspiration on what to do, like what made that such a great cliffhanger? Like Mm -hmm. everybody remembers the episode where Ross says, Rachel, right. Mm -hmm. And that's a cliffhanger. (laughs) And so, Mm -hmm. Oh, what's the fallout going to be? Like Mm -hmm. I have to get the, get into the next season. And so, or there's tons of other shows obviously that have the cliffhanger Mm -hmm. too that. Right. So I kind of like study those as I'm watching the, like kind of think about the storytelling as you're Mm -hmm. watching a show Mm -hmm. like that and, Mm -hmm. and how you can make that your own. That's and great. use that for inspiration. Yeah. 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 I thought Castle had good cliffhangers. I never uh, watched that. Yeah. Um, my daughters really liked it. And so we watched it. And uh, I thought I did. I thought they had cliffhang- good cliffhangers at the end of their season because it was very much, you know, that push, will they, won't they, will they, yeah. won't they kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, those are, that's, those are great tips. Really, really Thanks. great tips. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I'm just so happy for you that this. Thank you. I mean, it's just been amazing and uh, to watch you go and watch the books go. And I'm, I'm really pleased for you and Thank stuff. Thank you. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've told Sarah about, well, I pretty much tell everybody about you because I'm like, <laughs> listen, 
<laughs> if so you want to do it right, you need to look at this because this well, is working. And so, you. yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's been, great. it's been uh, an adventure and it's kind of one of those, you know, I've been doing this full time since 2016, mm-hmm. like I said, and this, my books didn't really, I, like I wouldn't call it my breakout book until mm-hmm. 2020. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is just persistence mm-hmm. and I'm very much a head down and right kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I don't get involved in the drama and mm-hmm. with two kids, like I don't have time, you know? Yeah, and so either. it's like, I, yeah, I, I love what I do and I'm passionate about it. And so I was passionate about trying this mm-hmm. and trying something, you know, different yeah. and getting it out there. And so I right. appreciate that. And I think, but I think it's important too for people to understand that you were successful. Like your books did well before this breakout book. Like you were able to quit your job. And, and so I just think that, you know, people are always wanting that breakout book, but -hmm. you can still have a career and not have that breakout book until much later, or maybe not at all, as long as you're consistent and persistent as you clearly are. Well, and what's kind of funny about it is I considered my, my 14th book is a little like destiny. And that's the one that, um, I was written on the yellow legal pads that I was talking about. And, um, I always considered that my breakout book until mm-hmm. home game yeah. <laughs> which was a true breakout, you know, yeah. but, but a little like destiny did really well for me. And it kind of changed the trajectory of my career a little bit mm-hmm. because that was my first cliffhanger, mm-hmm. like true cliffhanger, you know, mm-hmm. seer is a trilogy. Um, and so I had always said, well, I'm never writing anything without cliffhangers after this. And of course I did, but, <laughs> you know, cause I have a standalone series yeah. of interconnected, yeah. you know, but, yeah. um, but yeah, and I tried duets after that and they didn't hit as well. And then mm-hmm. it's really, for me, it's the longer series with the cliffhangers mm-hmm. in between that have done well. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, and it's good if you have a really good breakout book later in your career, cause then you have a big backlist where people go mm-hmm. back and read. So right. Right. And that is nice. That. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. is really nice. That's and great. That they, um, I released a box set of the six rock star standalones mm-hmm. um, right before I published Home Game. So it was like end of January, and then I published at the beginning of March. And that, um, because it's six books, you know, in Kindle Unlimited, and I had that in my back matter while you waited for the next books to mm-hmm. come um, on that first series, like that got a ton of page reads last year, yeah. too. So That's that really was. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Having that backlist is great. Yeah. (laughs) Helpful. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what do you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been? Um, Oh gosh. Best thing. I don't, I I think just that I keep writing, Mm -hmm. Um, you Mm -hmm. know, like having that backlist and that I Mm -hmm. keep, you know, I keep producing new content, but I'm still pushing the backlist too. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's, you know, there's so many readers out there. Mm-hmm. And I think shifting um, my mindset too, from making it a hobby into a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a big one because it's hard to do that and and mm-hmm. to um, transition from just enjoying it and make it not feel like a chore. Right. But I'm, I'm lucky because it's never felt that way, except mm-hmm. for editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our cross to bear. Yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> for me, it's like drafting. Editing, I don't mind. So yeah, so everybody has their own thing. But yeah, I think that um, your story is really inspiring, and I think people really enjoy it. Yeah. So, so um, where can people find out more about you? 
Um, my website, authorlisasuzanne.com. I'm on Facebook. My reader group um, is called Team LS, Lisa Suzanne's reader group. So I'm always in there. That's that's probably where I'm the most myself online, you know? Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I pop in there and tell funny stories about my kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have all those links in the show notes and those will be at wishidknownthenpodcast.com. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin. Mm-hmm. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.